Hey everyone, Mike Lanana here with Hudson Bolinski, who a second ago was wearing sunglasses, but now he's going without the sunglasses. Oh, he's reaching for him. He's reaching for him. This is a high school podcast. Um, we just put out a ton of content this week. Uh, we have in front of us right now the preseason high school All-America teams, and that's going to be the main focus of our podcast here today. Without further ado, I think I'm going to kick it to Hudson. Hudson, talk a little bit about these All-America teams. What are you thinking? Uh, it's an exciting group. I mean, the, these all of these guys were ranked in our preseason top 100, uh, with the exception of, of Trevine Carter uh, from Tennessee, um, who you know maybe we should have been a little bit higher on. Uh, it, it's obviously a really exciting group. Um, I've seen a lot of these guys a lot. Um, we had four uh, first team, or four, sorry, four unanimous first team guys. Uh, Jason Groom, left-handed pitcher from New Jersey. Uh, Riley Pint, right-hander from Kansas, uh, and then the two SoCal outfielders, uh, Blake Rutherford and Mickey Moniak, and then uh, Delvin Perez was actually one vote away from being unanimous first team. Uh, he was ranked, th- one scouting director ranked him third uh, in the middle infield group. So we almost had five. Um, decent um, number of underclassmen got votes, too. Hagen Danner, Alex Terrell. Royce Lewis, Hunter Green, and Nicholas Prado. Uh, all of those guys, with the exception of Terrell, um, are Southern California jokers. Uh, Terrell, um, big power, uh, Under Armour All-American as a junior. Uh, so it, it's a fun group. I think that um, it was my first time putting it together, mm-hmm. um, and it was really cool to see kind of the response from as many scouting directors as we did get. Um, and obviously we couldn't, Baseball America could not exist without scouts and, um, you know, people sharing information with us. So we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, I mean, last year, John wrote, uh, for the, um, for the magazine and online that basically last year was the, the first team all Americans were like the all America team was a pretty good predictor of the first round, um, Seven of the eight first-team position players last year went in the first round, the exception being Chris Betts, who went 52nd overall. Um, and, you know, that, that may have been because of the, you know, the um, him needing to have Tommy John surgery after the season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this, this group that's voted on the first team, those guys are probably, like, a lot of those guys will be first-round picks. So, um, yeah, it was exciting. I'm, I'm happy we, we did it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy we did it too. Uh, you know, and, and you talk about you talk about the four unanimous guys, and if you've been following us for a while and uh, reading our stories and looking at our tweets and and vines, maybe yeah, and vines and you know Instagrams, maybe, Instagrams, Snapchats, snaps. If you've if you've accepted our LinkedIn connections and <laughs> have, have read our our private messages to you, if you friended us on MySpace, yeah, if if you're my friend on Friendster, then you know. <laughs> You know all about Jason Groom and Riley Pint, um, two two pitchers who you know when you talk about the draft coming up, two guys that you hear you know possibly near the top. I mean, what what's the latest that you're hearing on on these two? You know, where do you see them if if the draft was held today? I mean, where would you see them possibly being taken? Um, I think Groom uh, is. I mean, I think I've been pretty clear about this. I think he's the best player in the class, college or high school. Um, you talk about 
if you if you're in a video game, if you're making a, making your character in a video game, or you're doing my career mode. This is how you would draw it up. This is right. a guy who's got who's left-handed, mm-hmm. which plus number one, fastball is ninety-two, ninety-five. He's got an easy plus breaking ball. Uh, the last time I saw him was an indoor workout on Martin Luther King Day a month ago today. Um, he was loose and easy, real short arm action, super clean finish. He was you know eighty-seven, ninety-one, you know. But, you know, I heard more recently he's been 92, 95 in bullpens. Um, and then, oh, he's got a pretty good changeup, too. Yeah. Um, the best change, you know, the, the best I've seen his changeup was um, he pitched uh, leading up to the area code games. The Northeast Yankees played on the Cape against Orleans. And so he's facing guys like Brian Reynolds and Kyle Lewis, like guys who also are, you know, pretty good prospects themselves. And, Changeup looked pretty good that day. Um, his changeup actually, we also included a, a best tools um, section. Like it, uh, when we asked for votes for the All American team, and not every scouting director filled that out because that's, you know, that's kind of really tipping their hands. Right. Um, but his changeup actually, there was there was one ballot that ranked his his curveball as the best off speed pitch. In the class, and then ranked his changeup the third best off speed in the class. So when you're talking about a guy who's got, in the opinions of some, has three plus pitches, um, and is you know only 17 years old. Yeah. I mean, certainly seems to have the potential to have three plus pitches. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue that the yeah. potential is there. Um, you know, changeups. You know, I think you're going to see some variation on changeup grades just because it's they often get graded up based on feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some some changeups you'll see that just really have great fade and kind of disappear. But some are just like guys who can really hit their spots. Um, and Grooms is more more along those lines, I would say. He knows how to use it, knows when it's going to be an effective pitch for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm pretty much all in on Jason Groom. Um, I think he's a steal at number one. Mm-hmm. I think he's a steal anywhere in this draft. So. Um, but Riley Pint, whew, man, uh, hoochie mama, uh, to use a John Manuel term. Yeah, yeah, no, that is that is one way to describe him. I mean, he can he can bring it up there, velo wise. I've been, I mean, I've seen him ninety eight, ninety nine, but mm-hmm. I'm hearing he might be even a little higher than that now, right? Yeah. Um, so he threw in a bullpen on Sunday, and the a couple sources confirmed he was into triple digits. Uh, the two sources that I talked to had 101, or um, yeah, so well, where there was 102 was floated out there on Twitter, which I don't deny the the accuracy of that. I think uh, you know some guns are just going to be a little hotter than others. Yeah. Um, but you know, guy who's throwing shoot 101, <laughs> and then the the big thing though about the bullpen that he threw, it's like it sounds like he was in the zone mm-hmm. and. Had feel. I like that feeling. I like when I'm in the zone. <laughs> he was in the zone. Yeah. He was in oh, the, you zone mean the strike zone and in the strike you mean zone. The strike zone. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So and so that's the concern with him because like even at you know here you know at the area code games which is where you saw him mm-hmm. you know he had you know he's 95 98 he's got his you know above average at least above average breaking ball and he threw a pretty nasty changeup that just yeah. disappeared. 
So he's got all that. You, you know, if this guy's in the strike zone and hitting his spots, holy smokes. I mean, yeah. we're talking about a, a front-line guy. A hoochie mama pitcher. A hoochie mama. Yeah. A hoochie mother. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so Pint, there there are some reliever believers there, mm-hmm. um, which I think is stems from... I think they like to be called relievers. Relievers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Justin Reliever. Yeah. <laughs> um... You know, so he's he's got a little a little head snap in the delivery, mm-hmm. um, which is usually a red flag. Um, you know, one thing that you know that Teddy Cahill when when he was researching in Georgia last year, this, that same kind of issue was applied to uh, Dakota Chalmers, who ended up being a first or supplemental pick of the of the A's. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one kind of idea was that hey, as this guy fills out and adds muscle. Um, and also, you know, maybe length, lengthens the stride a little bit. You know that that head whack is going to fade. You know as it kind of gets stronger. Um, and so I think that idea also applies to Pint. I mean, he's, you know, at the he weighed in at the area code games at six five one ninety five. He's got these big wide shoulders that he's going to put on. From you know from there he's going to put on good weight. And apparently that has happened this this fall. We'll know a little bit more as he kind of gets you know going. Um, but you're talking about a guy who, if he's in the zone, is has stuff wise is unparalleled. You know, and filthy stuff, nasty. Yeah, nasty. A pint of nasty. Nasty to a T. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A pint of nasty. But so <laughs> we're terrible people. We're the worst. This yeah. Is, this podcast. We should not. We should just stop recording. No. Um, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna. We're gonna power through. Um. So, a couple. So the, on that first team, the the two outfielders also getting um, getting unanimous, you know, unanimously voted on that first team are Mickey Moniak and Blake Rutherford, two right. guys that you've had the opportunity to see. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, what are your thoughts on on those guys? Yeah, no, Solomon Area Codes. You know, they're playing for a, a stacked Brewers team. Yeah, you know, that outfield. They were. Uh, you know, they were joined with Avery Avery Tuck out there in the outfield, who's on our second team here. And yeah, I know they're they're both both impressive. I mean, uh, Blake Rutherford, I, I feel like he had a hit every time he came out to the plate, you know, and he put, he put on a, a pretty good show in the home run derby too, from what I can remember. Yeah. There and uh, you know, a different kind of player from 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 Moniac. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they were they were impressive to me, and it was cool seeing them bat. I think they batted one two in the in the lineup, or was Avery Tuck sandwiched in between them there? Uh, that I can't remember yeah, off the top of my head. I don't remember, but yeah, I mean, two guys that you know potential first rounders. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what's kind of been the buzz that you've been getting? Uh, so, um, uh, I know Rutherford's going to get seen this weekend. Um, he's playing on Saturday. Uh, Moniac is apparently has has added a little bit of good weight. Yeah, um, he he did he is a bit thin, or at least he was at area codes. Yeah, he's he's a, you know he's kind of fits that like, uh, I mean he's just a high waisted guy with yeah. like a projectable lower half, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that weight affects him. You know, it, I think there there is is some concern about the power there because I mean, yeah. he's as far as guys who, who make contact, he's as good as anybody in this class. Right. Um, but if he can do that with a little bit more power and, you know, I don't think anybody's expecting him to, you know, start launching bombs to the opposite field. But, um, you know, if he can be more of a doubles hitter, um, 
especially because he's got such great feel for you know going gap to gap right now. Right. Then that yeah, he was that complements him. He's yeah. a doubles machine at area codes. Yeah, for what mm-hmm. I remember, and he also made you know easily the the best defensive play at uh, area codes. Yeah, best of defensive play of the the summer. What yeah. really? Yeah. I mean. You know, it should have been a you know a top ten highlight play yeah. all summer long. I mean, it was you know a you know say hey you know kind of catch. It was. You, I mean, there's video of it on our site, and oh man, it was hoochie mama, hoochie mother. It was it was incredible. But you, you, you know the the things about Moni 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 Mac uh, <laughs> uh, Moniac. He's a plus runner. Yeah, he's got plus or better contact skills. Um, really good at putting ball in play. Really knows how to use his speed, though. Um, can steal bases right now, and it's you know down the line. This isn't a guy who's like you know under four seconds or anything. He's like four one, four one five. So he's not like a you know a guy who's going to steal. You know, going to be like Billy Hamilton kind of speed. Right. But he knows how to use it. He's a really good base runner. He's got this mentality of every time he steps up to the plate, he's going to score. So you know, I'm 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 all in on Mickey Moniak. Rutherford has a little bit more swing and miss, um, but significantly more power uh, right. as well. Um, and and Rutherford, you know, steps slower than Moniak, a guy who's more four two to four three um, out of the box, um, but still has a chance to play center field, and they both can throw out too. So the, you're talking about. Guys who you know to differing degrees are five tool guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you know you talk about talk about tools and obviously talking about Moniac's athleticism and, and fielding and all that. You know, another player comes to mind to me immediately is, is Delvin Perez. You know, someone who made another highlight real play. You know, down in Jupiter Ooh. that that you saw live. I had to watch the YouTube video later on, but you know he's a guy who you know at, at Puerto Rico. Um, who I know a lot of scouts are buzzing about, and you know, like you said, he's one vote away from from being unanimous unanimous himself. I mean, what what's your take on him? I mean, what sort of things have you heard on on Delvin? Uh, he was so there. There was uh, a workout showcase kind of thing that they did down in Puerto Rico a couple of weeks ago. He, he was apparently good there, which is no surprise. I mean, the the things about him in terms of just guys who are quick twitch. Uh, he's he's unmatched in this class, maybe college or high school. It's just everything he does is incredibly quick, um, and you know he's still learning how to how to use it all. Um, with when you have, you know, he can get to anywhere in the infield. You know, he can go steal a second baseman's ball if he needs to. So, but you know, so he's, it's a matter of you know not. Overrunning his not not out punting his coverage. That's not the right way to use that phrase, but you know. Well, usually when you're talking about athletes, you, you want to talk about punters. You know, right. some of the most athletic, right? Athletic you know, sports uh, figures are, are punters. But continue, yeah. He could throw too. So if, yeah. you, if you want to fake punt, I mean, that's true. Delvin Perez, man, he can really you throw. Know, fourth, fourth and six, fourth and five. If you want to just go ahead and try to fool him and. Sneak that first down in there. Honestly, then there's so there are other guys on this All America team who are who are football players. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I eat a grape, uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Trammell. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with him prior to the Under Armour All America game. He's a second teamer. And I asked him what position he played in football, and he said athlete. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if there's if there's an athlete 
a guy who I just want to give the ball to in any sport, it's got to be Delvin Perez. I mean, this it's plus plus speed. It's a plus plus arm. Yeah, and and there's big bat speed there too. He's you know the swing is inconsistent at this point. Um, pitch recognition is you know still coming along, but a young hitter who has a lot of the ingredients of a star player. Sounds like someone you can really dream on. Yeah. Um, and and while we're on the athlete kick, I mean, the third baseman on this first team is Josh Lowe, who, um, you know, to some, according to some people who we, you know, we've talked to, as a guy who has multiple sevens on the card uh, on the scouting scale. I mean, the power is is undeniable. You watch this guy take batting practice, and he's just hitting moonshots. Um, laser line drives to the pull side. He's also a plus runner, can really throw at third base. Um, we didn't this year. We didn't do utility guys, but he would. I mean, he's ninety one, ninety four with the plus change up on the mound and right. quality slider as well. So he's you know, and as and outside of the Delvin Perez category, I would say he's the best athlete. Um, I mean, and that's if we're not considering groom. I mean. I think Groom's an incredible athlete, and just in terms of his balance and right. the ease of his delivery. It's just an unbelievable. Um, I mean, hey, pitchers are athletes too. Pitchers are athletes. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I if I could pick one athlete to give the ball to in any sport, it would be Delvin Perez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking at at the rest of this first team, um, I know a guy who stands out to me is, is Cooper Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. behind the plate. Uh, you know, a, a kid I've talked to him a couple times in the past, you know, out, out in Long Beach for area codes and, you know, very intelligent. You can just tell that he has a good feel for what he's doing behind the plate. You know, I asked him a little bit about what it was like catching Riley Pine and he went in depth and that was just a fun conversation, you know, talking about, you know, talking to a prospect and a, the prospect talking about a prospect. And um, I know people rave about what he can do behind the plate and, um, I know he didn't, when I saw him, he didn't have a great showing with the bat, but it seems like, you know, there could be some potential there with him as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Cooper Johnson? Yeah, he's, uh, I think he's, he's clearly, in my opinion, uh, he's the best defensive catcher in the class. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, he got a lot of votes for best defensive player in the class um, for the top tools um, survey that was on the All-America ballot. Um he can really throw too. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who's pop times, you know, in the one eight mm-hmm. kind of window there. Um, the bat is is the question mark, and uh, we had Cooper on the podcast uh, following the Under Armour All America game, which was basically a home game for him um, at Wrigley Field, and he he talked about that, and he he says he you know he believes he can hit, mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody questions the bat speed. This is a guy who, you know. You watch him take batting practice, and it looks pretty good. Um, there, you know, the swing is kind of, kind of have, has a U-E path to it, so like, kind of looks like a, you know, sideways parentheses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you worry about things like topspin. You worry about things like being in and out of the zone quickly, mm-hmm. um, and and so, but the the raw ingredients are there for him to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pitch recognition. Is is an issue for him, um, you know. When he uh, one thing when I talked to him uh, about, he faced Greg Valise in the Under Armour All America game, and he noticed something that Valise was doing with his glove 
you know, when he was, he was fidgeting around with his grips. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Cooper saw that and then, you know, punched a, a line drive to right center, you know, because he knew a breaking ball was coming. Mm-hmm. So he's got those kind of instincts that I don't think are teachable, mm-hmm. um, that just come naturally to some athletes. Um, but, you know, any, you know, the team that takes him is going to, going to be, you know, aware that they are buying a defense first player who has some potential offensively, but it's going to be a project offensively. Right. Um, how about some, some of these other first team guys who, who else have you had eyes on? I think you've had eyes on, on Kevin Gowdy. Who's the, uh, who's one of the, the first team pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. UCLA commit. Yeah. Uh, I saw him throw. And, and the one thing I was, I was impressed with the, the, the slider that he was throwing. It looked like the slider had, had good movement on it, getting a lot of swings and misses on it. I think he was, when I saw him high eighties, uh, low nineties, but you know, certainly seemed like there's, there's room for more with him. I mean, it seems like a guy who, you know, you know, obviously UCLA knows what they're doing when they're recruiting pitchers, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, certainly it's someone to, to, to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what have you heard on Gowdy? Um, I actually haven't talked to anybody recently who's seen him, mm-hmm. um, but you're, you're right, the slatter is, is, is nasty. I, I did, yeah, I got a pretty, uh, you know, if you, if you follow me on Vine or follow me on Twitter, you may have seen a, a Gowdy slider at one point, it's, it was... It's very pretty. What, what he also has going for him is he's got a long stride, mm-hmm. um, and so the the hardest pitch I've ever seen from him was ninety four at Perfect Game National, and I never saw that again. Um, it was mostly like eighty nine, ninety one, ninety two. Right. Um, that's what I saw him at too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he also and he didn't. I don't. If I recall, he didn't use a changeup at area codes. Um, and he threw one or two changeups at Perfect Game National, and and so his changeup, and then he threw a couple in, um, and I wasn't there. I just watched it on video at the Perfect Game All American Classic in San Diego. He threw the changeup there, and so the changeup comes in at the same speed. It's like eighty one, eighty two as his slider, and it goes in the opposite direction. So you have a guy who projects to be pitching with a plus fastball. Who has command? Who repeats well? Who's a good athlete? Long stride, good extension. Ball jumps on you, whether it's a fastball or an off-speed pitch. Mm-hmm. And then you have two off-speed pitches that are going in opposite directions, but look the same out of the hand. Yeah. So it's, I mean, at this point, the the argument, you know, for who the the you know the second right-hander in the classes behind Pint is is between Gowdy and. And Anderson at this point, mm-hmm. um, and Forrest Whitley is also off to a good start. Right. Um, but man, Gowdy has, just has so many weapons. It's hard to. He is committed to UCLA, uh, but it's hard to imagine that he doesn't go high enough to convince him to go right. play pro ball. Right. And you mentioned Ian Anderson, and anyone who hasn't yet, please go to baseballamerica.com and read Hudson's latest story on Anderson. Very interesting read. You know, looking at him and, and looking at Jeff Hoffman and, and Mike Trout, two players, you know, from, from that area, from the Northeast, and, you know, kind of their path to professional baseball and, you know, whether or not Ian Anderson could t- kind of take a similar path, too. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the story, Hudson, so. Thanks. I mean, it was it was fun to write and it was fun yeah. to research. The, I mean, Ian was just a great interview. He was a real sharp kid. I mean, he's, he's committed to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got the grades. Um, yeah. But, you know, he had a good good understanding of who he is as a pitcher and what he needs to do to get better, and 
you know, just a good perspective on Northeast baseball players. And, and Hoffman was similar. Hoffman, you know, was, you know, was even taller and, and probably even lankier coming out of high school than Anderson is. Right. Um, and, you know, obviously blew up when he got to East Carolina. Um, but also just like looking at things like playing multiple sports and, you know, Trout played football and basketball and, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I talked to Billy Godwin, who was the coach who recruited both Hoffman and, and Trout. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, one thing he said was, you know, a lot of Trout's baseball athleticism stemmed from being, you know, learning how to use his body in multiple ways and building that athleticism on the football field. Right. Um, so, I, you know, it was just cool to get so many perspectives on it and being from the Northeast, I, I you know, I had a pretty good idea, but to get expert opinions on it was, was awesome. It was fun to write. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I'm glad you did it too. Um, the so let's get into the second team. Um, yeah, let's do it. We we we've we've been joking around on Twitter about flow, mm-hmm. um, and we have to go to to the third team. I think for for the best flow, mm-hmm. or or is is did Bo Bichette make the team? I guess he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he received votes. Bo Bichette was. Um, you know the the son of Dante Bichette, brother of he Dante still is Bichette. The, he still is his son. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there's some rumors that the flow is gone. Um, he tweeted that he was he was going to get rid of it. So, uh, but another flow guy, uh, Nicholas Quintana, uh, a guy who you've had eyes on. Um, Nicholas Quintana and Carter Kaboom, uh, the two middle infielders on this second team. Both guys, I believe, you've had eyes on. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, uh, Quintana really impressed me in Jupiter. Um, you know, I think he, I mean, he raked. Yeah. Um, he was, was he on, he was on Eva Shield? Was he on the yeah. championship? Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he was, he was really impressive. I mean, he's, he's on the smaller side. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he, he's certainly opened some eyes. And yeah, Carter Kaboom is, is a guy who seems like, a, you know, he's a, he's a Clemson commit. He's someone who has baseball bloodlines. You know the whole Kaboom family. He has the last name, yeah, the kind of last name that you look for. You know, you kind of you kind of hope he gets to Clemson because they have Seth Beer and Carter Kaboom, and you know if you have the two of them in the middle of the order, I mean that's that's a pretty mm-hmm. intimidating middle of the order. But yeah, no, uh, both both guys I've seen both, and and both have been impressive. I haven't seen Kaboom at his best, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I I know when when he's in in, in his zone, uh, you know, <laughs> he can when he's he in can handle zone, he yeah. can handle the bat. Yeah, I mean, Kaboom, uh, I really like him. I think, you know, in terms of the timing and ability to use his, his tools offensively, mm-hmm. I think he's right behind Moniac mm-hmm. um, in terms of, you know, and, and also being a right-handed hitter. Um, and the reason that, that I say that is because of his, his performance in Jupiter was down. Uh, it seemed like Kaboom had kind of changed his approach a little bit. Um, going into Jupiter, he was he was much more aggressive. There was a lot more swing and miss, which you know there wasn't much swing and miss early in the summer, and and so I'm I'm fine to give him a mulligan on that. This is a guy who, in the Under Armour All America game, took a really competitive at bat against Riley Pint, who was you know bumping 97, 98, mm-hmm. and you know Kaboom went into that at bat with no fear, mm-hmm. um, and he plays the game with no fear, and he's got a chance to play shortstop. He, I think he's a really special player, and um, you know Clemson be, will be very lucky to get him if he gets there, um, yeah. because he's got a competitive fire to him as well. You know he plays the game. You know he knows how good he is. He knows he's going to beat you, and he plays with that fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Quintana, 
I remember watching. I was over on one field watching the uh, the you know the Texas scout team and uh, the Texas scout Rangers or maybe the Yankees and Jupiter. Mm-hmm. They had Ulysses Cantu and Hudson Sanchez. I was watching them on one field, and the Evo Shield Canes were playing on another field, and I saw a ball go up in the air, just a moonshot, and I'm like, who hit that? On another field, and it turned out it was Quintana. And, you know, I knew, you know, just because his track record with Team USA, you knew this guy could hit. Um, but that kind of power, I'm not sure I ever realized that he had that yeah. uh, that in him. Um, and, it, so, and his brother is also, I hadn't connected the dots on this, but his brother, I believe his name is Zach Quintana, was a third-round pick a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got some bloodlines. He's got a baseball family. And... Hitters going to hit. So, you know, when you look at guys who are hitters in the big leagues, most of those guys, their track record is always of hitting. It's, you know, so the uh, there's some questions defensively. He probably doesn't fit best at shortstop. But as an offensive second baseman, we've seen guys like that go pretty good in the draft. Uh, one guy who comes to mind is Forrest Wall a couple years back. Right. Uh, a guy in the Rocky system who you, you've – You've covered, mm-hmm. um, so that that kind of similar profile, different player, but similar profile in that the bat is really, really live and really going to play. Right, right. Um, you know, sticking with the second team, you know, I think I think it's time uh, to talk about Jesus Lazardo, um, little baby Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> as his Twitter handle, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who. Um, you know, was was very very impressive when I saw him at Area Codes. Um, you know, Venezuelan heritage, a guy who who looks up to Johan Santana, and mm-hmm. you know, could be in some ways similar to Santana with with his repertoire. Yeah. You know, uh, a, a guy who you know has two quality off speed pitches, and really it seems like he has just a feel for what he's doing out on the mound. It seemed, of of the pitchers that I saw that I've seen, you know, out of all these teams, he seemed like one of the more polished. Arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were on him, but yeah, he. Um, I, I'm all in on this guy. I, yeah. he got some votes for closest to the majors um, in the uh, the best tools survey. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about a guy who has who previously, you know, before this spring was pitching at you know 90, 93, you know, bump of four, um, with a a true true plus changeup mm-hmm. and. You know, I'm I'm a fan of this this slurvy kind of breaking ball that he has. I know he's talked about trying to throw two different breaking balls. Yeah, in the past, yeah, he throws one a little harder, and then he throws one yeah. that's, that's more of a get me over that has a little bit more depth and is slower. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see what what happens when he's at the next level, be that Miami or pro ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is recently. You know, not in his most recent outing. His most recent outing, he was like ninety ninety four again. But earlier, a couple of weeks back, he was hitting ninety seven. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about a left handed pitcher who's doing things like that. That's not a college guy. You know, those right. those guys don't end up in school usually. Um, so you have to imagine that he's. You know, we ranked him thirteenth in the the high school class. Enter, you know, this is before he even you know picked up a ball this spring. Right and here he is coming out touching ninety seven. Mm-hmm. That's a game changer. You yeah. know, when you're talking about a guy who goes from having plus fastball velocity to plus plus, mm-hmm. um, and and we'll see if he can get there more consistently going forward. Um, 
that's really exciting. And and the other thing about him is that uh, he wasn't he didn't usually rest so early in the off season. So he, I believe he shut things down October first mm-hmm. um, and came out rested and, and really you know working on his body and working making sure that he's he's aware of his throwing program and getting ready to be at the next level, whether that is Miami or you know in pro ball as a first round, second round kind of pick. Right. Yeah, and I know when you had reported that that he had touched ninety seven, I know I was excited because, you know, from what I had seen, just the polish that he had and I mean he's a good kid, you know, just from talking to him, you know, briefly. Um, you know, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders and um good family. Yeah. 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 I'm so with you on that. Yeah, no, it was certainly um you know, exciting to hear that he that he's touching that. I mean, he's you know obviously. I mean, we ranked him 13th before he even did that, so we think highly of him here. Um, yeah. So another guy who you've also had eyes on uh, mm-hmm. at the Area Games here is Forrest Whitley. Yeah. Who's who's also you know was off to a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were you? I kind of want to. I think this will be a cool exercise. Just go over your thoughts on what you saw from him at the Area Code Games, which maybe wasn't his best performance. Right. Um, but. You know, just so we can kind of compare and contrast notes on that. What, what were your thoughts on him at, at, you know, in Long Beach? Well, I mean, first of all, he's a big boy, mm-hmm. a very, a very, very big boy. I think we have him listed here: six foot six, two hundred fifty-three pounds. Um, that's that's what stands out to you first. Um, he, yeah, he at area codes. Uh, he had his moments. Uh, he was a little inconsistent with his breaking ball. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times I know I have a I've just pulled up a vine that I took of him where he he got a called strike three on it on the corner. I mean there there are points where it worked for him. He was mostly ninety one ninety two, but you'd have to think there you know there's a little more room there um, mm-hmm. velo wise for him. I mean he's he's got that thick lower body, um, you know the, the 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 quads and thighs that you know you'd like to see and. Um, yeah, I mean, performance-wise, he was just okay, but he definitely, you know, just from a distance, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see him. You don't need binoculars to to see him. So yeah, he stood out from, from that standpoint. So, and I don't don't know if I've shared this with you before. So, this off season, he shed about thirty pounds of okay. bad weight, and he comes out throwing just cheese. I mean, he, he's apparently up to ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the highest I'd seen from him previously was ninety five, maybe once touching ninety six, um, but a guy who can also really spin it mm-hmm. um, through like a hard cutter or you know, hard slider, you know, um, when he was with Team USA, Tournament of Stars, and then also, you know, a more a vertical breaking ball, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we'll mix in a changeup too. So has had just had so many pitches and. Comes comes at you with the mentality that he's going to strike you out, uh, but you know. So now, now that his body's in better shape, you know it's starting to look pretty good. He's another guy who seems to be going in the right direction. Um, you know, at least uh, he was. He, he injured his thumb in in a workout um, about a week ago, so he's going to miss about three weeks. But it, uh, thankfully, it is his is his non throwing thumb, and he. He can still continue to, to work out and just, just can't be in game action right now. So it's not like he'll have to shut it down and, and start it all over again. Um, so you know, maybe, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a good thing in that, you know, if this guy is going to play pro ball, he can have some rest mixed in, um, you know, before, you know, because it's going to be a long season for him in terms of, 
you're starting up in Texas right now. They're playing down there already. Right. Um, and then trying to get ready to, you know, to go through a whole pro season and likely, you know, instructional league. You know, it's good to have a little bit of rest mixed in there. Um, so um, maybe a blessing uh, in disguise there. Certainly you don't want, want to see anybody injured, um, but the the signs are encouraging with Force Whitley for sure. Right, right. You know, and, and sticking with arms, you know, Reggie Lawson's a guy that I've seen. I was I was very impressed when I saw him in Long Beach. I mean, he struck out the side when he came in. He was 92-94, really sharp curveball. It seemed just free and easy, and, you know, guys just weren't hitting it up, you know, picking it up. Um, you know, I think the shadows were kind of creeping over home plate at that point, too, so that, that probably helped. But he was someone who really stood out to me, and I know Matt Manning is a guy who's gotten a lot of buzz, too. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on those two? Uh, Lawson... An electric arm and, and yeah. a really live fastball, not just velocity wise, um, because he's not the kind of guy who's touched you know ninety seven or anything. He's he's probably more ninety one, ninety three, ninety four, something like that. Yeah. Um, and a, a good breaking ball, not not like a not you know a plus breaking ball at this point. But um, what's good about him is just he's a good athlete. He repeats his delivery well. And also, the breaking ball is going in the right direction. You, mm-hmm. you compare it to where it was at at PG National, to where it was at at Tournament of Stars, to where it was at at Area Code Games, where it was really an effective pitch for him. Mm-hmm. It made progress every time. Um, so, you know, that's something you certainly have to look for in, in these guys, in high school athletes, is that they are going in the right direction. And I, I wrote a feature on Nolan Jones, who was a first-teamer, a guy who also has the same kind of deals, going in the right direction, added good weight, um, you know, really played well in Jupiter. Um, so guys who are going in the right direction. Um, Manning is also, I would, would say, fits into that mold a little bit. Uh, his father played in the NBA. Um, he's about 6'5", 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks even taller than that. Um, he's, he's lanky. He he's also still playing basketball. Um, at least uh, about a week ago, he was still playing basketball, mm-hmm. um, and his team's very good. Um, you know, I wish I could could get in to go see him play basketball. It'd be nice to see that guy throwing down some dunks. Yeah, um, Riley Pyatt plays some basketball too. Yeah, I'm not sure if he played this year or not. Um, but, yeah, but like Pint Pint took BP at the Under Armour. Um, game and is just like dropping bombs at Wrigley yeah which is just like what can't this guy do <laughs> but um yeah Manning a little bit of a long arm swing uh so you're you know whenever you have that you're gonna have some some relievers um so but also a quality breaking ball he was good in you know he showed some stuff at the area code games he was good at the Arizona senior fall classic he was really good in Jupiter and he's six five and projectable with a fastball that's been up to ninety six and you know can really spin a breaking ball too. So yeah. you know, lots of encouraging signs there. Um, yeah, the the uh, now who else on this first team, this second team have you seen? You, you've seen Ben Wartbat, right? I have seen. I mean, the the biggest thing that stood out to me with him is he had just the best guns of anyone I saw. Gun show. It was a gun show behind the plate. I mean, the dude's ripped. I mean, you know, so that that stood out the most to me. Um, I've seen him. I've seen Avery Tuck. We touched on a little bit earlier. I've seen Joe Rizzo. Um, yeah, I mean, who who of those guys 
do you think you know before we move on to the third team is, is worth mentioning here? Uh, they're they're all so good, and and yeah. that's the thing. Like we could go on and on about all these guys. Yeah. I think um, th- so. Rizzo, you could argue, uh, is the best pure bat in the class, mm. um, and has all you know some serious over the fence power, uh, pull side, um, excels against good velocity. Um, and Jupiter, when he was you know facing upper eighties guys, he was kind of just content to pepper the opposite field and stay back on stuff. But that guy's, you know, that guy's tools are built for for you know professional pitching. Right. Um, defensively, some people like him. He's going to play shortstop. Um, when I talked to him in Jupiter, he said he was going to play shortstop in the spring. Um, you know, some teams have worked him out. Um, I, I don't want you know. At a private workout, uh, I heard that he was catching, mm. um, which kind of fits the mold. With his, he's got this like stocky, not quite Costanza build, mm-hmm. but you know, like he's he's five eleven, two fifteen, and he's a decent athlete. He so can, he can lift a hundred pounds just right over his head. <laughs> he can hundred pounds right over his head. Yeah, uh, he can rip a phone book. Yeah, um, the whole book, not just one page. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's good. Rortvet, I mean, it's the gun show. I mean, yeah. and and the thing about Rortvet, there's there's some power there. It's you know, it's a, a solid average arm, really quick transfer, good athlete behind the plate, and in game game action, like you know, you don't notice a good catcher, and, and like I never noticed Ben Rortvet on the, in the summer. You know, just a guy who who gets to everything, blocks well. Yeah, you know, does seem to have a rapport with pitchers. Um, offensively, you know, kind of simple mechanics, line drive guy with authority to pull to the pull side can punch it to the opposite field gap if he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, was pretty close to you know consensus second team. Um, did have some votes for first team though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, him and him and uh, and Cooper Johnson were far and away the top two vote getters as catchers. Right. Uh, Let's see these outfielders. Um, Avery Tuck, man, that guy's got some strength to him. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little bit raw off the bat. Is a little bit raw, but if it comes together, shoot, he could be a good player. Uh, Taylor Trammell and Trey Carter, they can both really fly. Um, they can really really run. Um, and you know, Trammell, it'll be he'll be interesting this this spring because. And when I talked to him at, at Under Armour, he mentioned you know, he's his arm grades as as a forty, if not a thirty. Um, at least last summer it did, uh, and so a big thing for him is going to be adding developing arm strength. And so he, he said he's going to focus on that this off season. So I'm excited to see how he comes out. Uh, I think at that point, uh, Christian Jones too. Mm-hmm. Christian Jones, man, there's some real power there. That see, I could, I mean, I, I'm just infatuated with all these guys uh christian jones you know we'll have to see you know some improvement in terms of how he handles spin um he was the kind of guy you could pound you you back foot a breaking ball to him and and you could get a swing and miss at the area code games but also his first exposure to that kind of quality stuff so uh that'll be something to monitor going forward uh and then I think we've talked about everybody. Uh, Braxton Garrett, uh, a loose lefty with a good changeup. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he'll be here um, in Cary for the the NHSI uh, at the USA Baseball Complex. He's uh, he's going to be there, so we'll get another good look at him. So, uh, 
a really good second team. You know, any of these guys, you know, in a in a any given year, you could see as first teamers, um, just because they they have the tools. Um, but you know, I'm I'm high on this high school class. I think, uh, yeah, I think the world of of the first team as well. But um, yeah, this the second team's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the you know, there's plenty of talent on the third team as well. Um, yeah. You know, talking you're talking about catchers. Um, you know, we have one in our own backyard here. You know, yeah. in Durham and and Brad and Brad Debo. I'm sure we'll see him a lot this spring. Um, I guess how does how does he compare to the other two catchers that we've talked about? So kind of a tale of of two amateur careers so, thus far, really for Debo. Mm-hmm. Um, as an underclassman, I mean, he was electric. Um, Right as a rising junior, he was the MVP of of Jupiter, um, and you know that's you know rooted in both offense and defense. Um, took you know I don't think anyone would deny that he took a step back this summer, mm-hmm. um, and so it was interesting to see him do so, do as well on the the balloting as he did, and it was close. Uh, some other guys, um, you know, getting votes: uh, Mario Feliciano, Thomas Dillard. Um, Sam Huff got a vote, so the, you know a decent catching class in in my humble opinion. But uh, Debo, he has pull side power. Uh, the timing he's still working out, and and the body, you know he's he's a thick build. He's got, you know he's it doesn't look too dissimilar to uh, to uh, who were we just talking about uh, Rizzo. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. there's there's some real over the fence power for Debo. Um, but you know we'll see. Oh, Brandon Marrano, another guy who was right. who was the MVP of Jupiter this year, right. um, also got votes. Um, but yeah, Debo's a good good looking prospect, and it, you know it's a big spring for him. Uh, he's gonna have a chance to prove himself. He's gonna catch uh, Bryce Wilson, um, a, a North Carolina commit, who um, you know is ninety ninety three. You know, touch a four, uh, pretty good slider. So. You know, Debo certainly has a chance to to prove himself yet again going forward. Um, the rest of this team, I'm not sure how many of these guys you've seen. I know you've uh, you've seen Charles King. Charles King is kind of like your guy at this point. Yeah, he's yeah he's one of my my personal cheese balls as we as we like to say at Baseball America. Um, yeah, he's a guy uh, that I've seen a couple times, and you know the thing the thing that I like about him is I did see a jump. You know, mm-hmm. the second time I saw him compared to the first time, the velocity was up a few takes. The first time I saw him, he was low 90s, you know, 90, 91. Um, the, the second time in Jupiter, it was an 8 a.m. start, and he was touching 95 Yeah, uh, in that first inning. It kind of, you know, came back down a little bit, you know, as, as it wore on, and, and the command wasn't great. I forgot exactly what the ratio was, you know, strikes to balls, but I know it wasn't It wasn't too great. He got, yeah. you know, he, he struggled a little bit with command, but, you know, the the velos there. I know that the slider has gotten better. There's a little more length to it. There's a little mm-hmm. bit more of a cutter. You mm-hmm. know, the first time that that I saw him, but it, it's something that he's worked on to improve that pitch. Um, he's got a change up too that he, that he's still kind of tinkering with. But you know, he's a guy six foot five. You know, there, there's room to, to add a little weight there. You know, and uh, you know another really bright kid. You know, another kid who who seems to you know really understand what he's doing out there. He's just gonna kind of have to corral some of those command issues a little bit and continue mm-hmm. to work on his off-speed stuff. But, you know, someone who certainly has potential given his frame and, you know, velocity. Yeah, and and we have him listed as 6'5", 201. And, 
And so these weights, heights and weights we have on the site are, we have the official height and weight from the area code weigh-in. Um, and if we don't, we go off of what they've, you know, what these kids have listed themselves at and different showcases. Uh, but so he's six five to a one at the area code games, mm-hmm. but he's probably, you know, 15 pounds bigger than that at this yeah. point. Cause yeah. he, he was, you know, he went from a boy to a man in Jupiter. He was, you know, electric stuff, yeah. 95 with life, you know, and, you know, still learning to harness and control that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know I don't know if he'll end up at Texas Christian, yeah. but you know they I mean if, if they got him you know just, they they just have such a good track record with pitching yeah um, and they have another they have Nick Lodolo in this class as well uh, lefty from SoCal who kind of unorthodox delivery but really you know projects to to be you know a really useful rotation guy for them as well right. Um, yeah, the the third team, uh, you know, the, I'm yeah, I'm high on on all these guys as well. Um, but you know, here's where you, this is certainly where you start to see a drop off. Yeah. Um, that that first and second tier is is represented well on the first and second team, uh, and then here these guys are all good. Um, but they're they're not you know these are some of the cusp guys who some of these guys will go to school, uh, some of these guys will will go pro. Right. Um, but it, you know it's going to be close, but based on you know signability and what these guys want and everything. Yeah. No, I mean I know one guy who's interesting to me is is Alex Spees. You know, mm-hmm. certainly so, someone who sounds like he's still very raw at this point in time. But you know he's shown he's flashed some you know premium velocity at times. You know certainly seems like there's a lot of potential there with him. Yeah, I mean that the arm speed is stupid. This, yeah, the, it's you don't need a radar gun to know that that guy's thrown upper 90s it's i mean it's explosive he's he's loose he's six foot four Mm -hmm. he he has a slider when this guy is in the zone and in the strike zone Mm -hmm. he and he's similar in in, to pint in some in some respects because he had he has a little bit of track record of being wild yeah but um you're looking at a guy who has some Serious, serious stuff. Eighth inning stuff. If, if starting doesn't work out, so right uh, upper. You know, I feel like I've got seen this guy at ninety six. Yeah, there's more in the tank. Yeah, I've heard ninety eight on him. I think this is a guy. If if there's a second triple digits arm in in this class, it might be him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with you know with Pint being the other one, and also I could see Greg Valiz getting there as well, um, bumping ninety eight this spring. Um, but yeah, the uh, speech is really good. And, you know, we have two lefties in this uh, in this group um, in Cole Reagans and Ryan Hare. Um, what's interesting about those two guys is they both they both pitched at East Coast Pro at um, as underclassmen. Uh, so those guys, you know, were around and had their names circled early. Uh, Cole Reagans. Um, Kind of inconsistent this summer. Um, when the breaking ball's on, it's it's a swing and miss pitch for him. Uh, when it's not there, you know things can go wrong in a hurry. Um, but an athletic left-hander, uh, same high school as Carson and Cole Sands mm-hmm. um, and uh, Matt Raley, I believe. I'm not sure who else was was there, but uh, good looking good looking prospect. And then Ryan Hare, same high school as Madison Bumgarner. 
um, South Caldwell and, and Hudson, North Carolina. The you know probably the best name of a town in North Carolina, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, what else? Do, Zebulon's a pretty cool name, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not sure what I'm saying. To be honest, I'm I'm being honest this whole time. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're almost being a little too honest. I think. To be honest, I, I, I'm honestly. It's a little. It's a little too much. This is going a little off the rails here, but yeah. 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 The same. Uh, you know, same town as Mazin Bumgarner. Yeah, I mean another lefty who's low nineties. Okay. Yeah. He's. I mean. Mazin Bumgarner. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I mean, he's done a couple of things that people have noted. I think he's struck a couple guys out in his career. Yeah. Um, don't not much of a winner though. <laughs> not much of a winner. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't compete, does he? Mm mm. No, he's he's very soft. No, yeah, he's <laughs> uh, man. But actually, I love Madison Bumgarner, and yeah. I, and and you know, to place those kinds of expectations on anybody would be unrealistic. Um, but you know, Ryan Hare, he's a legit prospect, and you know, some are more lukewarm on him, and then you'll find guys who have seen him. I've never seen it, but I've heard he's been up to ninety four mm-hmm. from the left side and has a quality breaking ball that. That is is the same kind of deal. It's going in the right direction. Was pretty good in Jupiter, um, and you know has some command too. Was commanded at the area code games as well, mm-hmm. um, and he's you know he's six three, six four. You know he's he's got some starter traits to him. Yeah. Um, and then the last pitcher on this team is Matt Cleveland. Matt Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have a, a lot of president names uh, in this class with you know with Rutherford and Cleveland and mm-hmm. there's probably a Grover somewhere. Do we have Do we have a Taft? We we pro- uh, we don't. Um, we have an Obama. No, just, no oh. we don't have an Obama. Um, but <laughs> Cleveland kind of popped up late. Um, just before the area code games started to build up some buzz, right. uh, also pitched on that that Northeast Yankees tour, um, not on not against the Cape team, but I think in the against a Futures League or any CBL team uh, in a kind of scrimmage exhibition thing, and pitched well there. Uh, then pitched at the area code games. He, he touched ninety four, um, big loose right hander, clean finish to the delivery. Um, same kind of deal. Uh, breaking ball was was just not good for him. First, you know, the first couple of breaking balls he threw at the area code games were just flat or loopy, and um, you know it got better every time he threw it. So yeah, um, you like to see guys going in the right direction. Um, you know, Matt Cleveland ranked number thirty four in the class, um, you know, which is pretty impressive considering you know he was an unknown. Um, right, you know. A few weeks, like leading up to the area code game, which is one of the final events of the summer. So he's he's certainly on the radar now, and you know, obviously he was voted by scouting directors as one of the top fifteen pitchers in the nation. So right, um, it's not too shabby. Not too shabby. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly you look at this third team, and you know, plenty of talent here. But you know, like you said, you know, guys that on the cusp, possibly. You know, guys that maybe a little more, a few more questions with them than. You know the first two teams here. Yeah, I think, and there there are some more divisive guys here too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think uh, so. Like a guy like Drew Mendoza mm-hmm. has some has some big fans. Um, you know, for the power, and and some people do see him, you know, sticking that short. I think, but yeah. um, 
you know, for us, he, he was on the ballot as a third baseman. He was voted there. Um, Thomas Jones, you want to talk about ceiling, Thomas Jones might have he might have the biggest ceiling of anybody on this third team. Took an, uh, an outrageously good BP at East Coast Pro, um, committed to Vanderbilt, uh, has some speed, has arm strength, is a football player as well, you know, uh, I believe he was recruited as a safety, um, and there there was some discussion that he might play both at Vanderbilt, um, but I'm not sure where that's at. Um, but that guy's really athletic. Akil Badu is really athletic and really run. Great name too. Akil Badu, yeah. I mean, he's he's a bad guy. He's a bad son of. A, I don't know. Is is bad's in his name? It's written all over. Him. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, uh, Austin Langworthy is the third outfielder on that team. Um, tiny little guy who can hit. That's that's kind of the the mo on on Langworthy. Mm-hmm. Not really, um, not sure if he plays you know where he plays best. Probably plays best in the left field. He's also a left-handed pitcher who's like low to mid eighties, um, but just a gamer who I could see end up ending up at Florida and being an impact player as a freshman. Um, Walker Robbins, big time bat, first base profile. Uh, Gavin Lux, wiry, quick twitch guy who has some swing and miss. Um, you know, similar but different uh, to Delvin Perez in that the bat is going to be the biggest question for him. And right. I don't think he's got quite the power that Perez has, uh, but he can really run and he can really play shortstop. And he's still got to figure out how to use those tools defensively and. I think that about covers it. Um, going, going back to Badu for a moment, um, if this isn't already his nickname, I'd like to nominate Yabba Dabba as his nickname. Yabba Dabba Badu. Yabba Dabba Badu. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. Yabba yeah. Dabba Badu. Make it so. Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I think that about covers. That's it for all the, the All Americans. Um, yeah. But we also it's the opening weekend of college baseball, man. Yeah, man. Are you fired up? I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to go. I think uh, you know both of us are going to be over at uh, the Deep App uh, tomorrow for some from Cal Duke action, which should be fun. We got Dalton Jeffries against Bailey Clark. You know, uh, two yeah. two uh, high profile right handers going at it. So yeah, I, uh, and and we have Teddy Cahill going down to Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. on Friday. Going to see Connor Jones against Eric Lauer. Another great matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the better matchup. Yeah. Um, but um, I could be convinced otherwise. You know. Yeah. Th- the um, just because, I mean, we'll we'll see more Velo probably. Yeah. Um, because Lauer isn't gonna you know overwhelm with Velo. Right. Um, but Lauer, a left-hander with pretty good slider, really good command, some change up there. So, um, and then Connor Jones, who, you know, on. In the in the right inning, you'll see three plus pitches from him. Yeah, big year for him if he puts it all together. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna see Bailey Clark, who's a guy who's you know been you know, up to ninety six this spring. Yeah. Um, Changeup has gotten a lot better. Um, athletic frame, big like six four, six five type, um, plus plus beard. Yeah, um, and that's that's important. He's from Asheville, so he's he's a little crunchy, mm-hmm. um, as we like to call Asheville people. I don't know, um, but yeah, uh, 
yeah, it's it's a really good matchup, and Dalton Jeffries also a guy with three pitches that that all work. So yeah, um, and Cal of course is our our number eight team in our top twenty five. Yeah, know, a team that you know we have high expectations for, and certainly they have high expectations for themselves. I mean, they return most of most of their roster, most of their starters. So you know, um, and Duke could be sneaky good. I mean, Duke. Duke has some arms. I'm a believer in Duke. Yeah. I think they have depth of arms, too. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we were talking about their opening three this weekend is is Clark Swart, Trent Swart, who's coming back from, from injury, mm-hmm. uh, who you know was a significant part of their rotation a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have, on, on Sunday, they're going to throw Brian McAfee, uh, who is a transfer from Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um Really good command guy. I saw him last year shut down UVA for seven innings. Yeah. Um, you know, 88-90, sharp, short slider, and, and changeup that goes in the opposite direction as well. Heavy fastball. So I think Duke's good. I think, and, you know, when you talk about having a 6'10 lefty named James Ziemba in the bullpen, mm-hmm. uh, Carl Blum, another arm, you know, they, they're, it's almost uh, an embarrassment of riches in, in terms of the depth, um, you know, I think, you know, North Carolina, when we look at the ACC rotations, has much more punch, mm-hmm. and probably NC State as well. Um, but I think they're going to be sneaky good good this year. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think the ACC as a whole, it's going to be, you know, the middle of the ACC, it's going to be really interesting to see how it shakes out. You know, at this point, I'm not sure how I would predict it, because I think Duke has a case. I think, I mean, Notre Dame is an Omaha sleeper for me. Uh, you know, UNC has, you, you talk about the, the pitching set that they have. Their rotation is loaded. A lot we of haven't even gotten into Louisville. Yeah. I forget about Louisville because they're all the way out in, in Kentucky. But yeah, th- their rotation. Yeah. That, Ar- I mean, arguably the best team in the country. I mean, yeah. them, them and Florida are neck and neck. Um, I'll yeah. take Florida over them, and we did. But, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. shoot. I think, I think Wake Forest has some potential. Um, if they can find pitching, if they, if, you know, Parker Dunchy, I know they're going to be relying on him as their Friday starter. Um, I, uh, I popped in for an intra squad over there a couple weeks yeah. ago and, you know, Will Craig on the Cape this summer, you know, w- looked tired mm-hmm. and didn't look like a guy who was, you know, hitting all these home runs and was a, a Golden Spikes finalist. But I saw him in intra squads and Man, he looked like a different guy than he did this summer. The bat speed was back. Mm-hmm. He, you couldn't throw him a pitch outside of the strike zone and expect him to swing at it. Yeah, he just a really good. I think he's going to have a big year for them. And then you know, Mondu and mm-hmm. and freshman Johnny Aiello looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have Stuart Fairchild, who had a, a really nice yeah. freshman year last year in the outfield. So I mean, they return most of their, their starting lineup, I mean, hitting is not going to be a problem for them, especially not in that ballpark because mm-hmm. um, it's it's a band box. But, you know, I think it's just figuring out the pitching staff. You know, yeah, I think... the, the two guys I saw that, that kind of stood out for me pitching-wise, and I was only over there for a little while waiting for for Millersville-Winston-Salem State game to start across town. Mm-hmm. but Hot ticket. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. Pretty good arms over there. Yeah. But, um so I only saw a couple of Wake Forest arms, but I saw uh, Johnstone, who was a command guy who's really who could really hit his spots, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a mid to upper eighties guy, and then this freshman Griffin Roberts, who just a really loose live arm, who's mm-hmm. also upper eighties, but you know, they're you know just watching him, you could see there's low nineties in there mm-hmm. and could really spin a breaking ball. So 
Uh, you know, I don't know what exactly their plans are. I think they're going to go with, uh, I guess it's Dunshee is going to be their Friday guy. Yeah, it's looking like Dunshee, um, at least in the, in the in the survey. Um, we have coaches fill out surveys for us, at least in, in the information they provided to us. It looks like Dunshee's going to be the guy. Uh, I know Craig's going to get some time on the weekend, too. He started for them last year on the weekend. And, you know, he's a guy who, I mean, he's a, a hitting prospect, you know, all the way draft-wise. But, you know, he's a guy who can, you know, touch, sit in the low 90s. You know, I, I saw him touch 93. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a, a serviceable breaking ball. You know, it's not, it's not you know, a, a major league quality breaking ball by any stretch, but, you mm-hmm. know, enough to get hitters out. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can they can piss it, piece it together. So, Hmm. Yeah. The um, and BC, I know we both agree. Is yeah, kind of BC too. I mean, it's interesting too. Yeah. And you know, we haven't even really gotten into UVA. I mean, yeah. the defending national champions who, yeah, who bring a lot of those bats back. They lose, they lose quite a bit in the rotation with, you know, with Kirby and Spores and, uh, and uh, who's the lefty? Waddell. Waddell. Um, but, you know, bats wise, you have Pavin Smith who, in terms of sophomores might be one of, might be the best hitter in the country as, as a sophomore. Yeah, he's he's paving the way to, to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ernie Clement, a guy I like. Daniel Panero came back. I like I like Daniel Panero a lot. I think he's an underrated. Yeah, underrated I mean, yeah. that guy has some over-defense ability. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, it looks like they're starting a freshman in the weekend rotation, so they may have some, some growing pains early in the season, but... They had growing pains in early in, in last season, and it worked out pretty well for them. Yeah, I mean, half their team last year were freshmen, so I think they're going to really benefit from, obviously, the learning experiences that they had last year and going through all the adversity that they did go through. I mean, not only did they have a young team last year, but, you know, they suffered through injuries last year. Right. You know, to, to bring that all together and, obviously, to, to win a national championship. I mean, that, that says a lot. So I, I do think, I mean, we, we, we think very highly of them. I think we have them at our number four uh, by the time I memorize this poll, it's going to be different. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think I think you know Connor Jones is going to be you know key for them you know pitching wise you know because like you said you know some innings he looks unhittable but in every start that I've seen him in and you know I've talked to coaches who have kind of said the same there's always one inning where you can get to him yeah there's an inning where things kind of unravel for him a little bit and if he can kind of try to find a way to eliminate that inning you know, yeah and just you know grind through it you know then. There's no reason why. I mean, he could be a, a potential, you know, conference pitcher of the year. You know, no question. Yeah. He has the stuff. So. Oh yeah, the stuff I, is electric. I mean, I, the splitter I, really came on for him at the end of like that. That you know, honestly, seeing him in Omaha, the splitter is really what impressed me most about his repertoire. Is that a split grip or is that a straight like a, a he a, I, a fork ball? I mean, I don't know what that is. Well, talking, I mean, he looks called, like a changeup. He calls it a splitter. Uh, talking to him, uh, talked to him opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, is a pitch he was trying Definitely to Definitely has exploring action to it. Yeah. So it's a pitch he was trying to incorporate more into his repertoire. It's a pitch that he added, um, you know, late uh, late his freshman year, late in the year, mm-hmm. and then just really worked on it over the summer and, you know, started throwing a lot more and obviously to great success. So, mm-hmm. And then and then on top of that, we have a guy who's, who can who can bring it up to 96 and, and has a pretty good slider. Yeah, and it's a heavy fastball. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's got some safe. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to talk to him about, see, you know, two-seam, four-seam, what, what exactly he's doing with that. Because I, I do recall in, um, you know, when they played Maryland in the Super Regional, I just went for the Friday game to see him versus Shawarin. Yeah. And that was awesome. Those two are, you know, potentially first-round picks. Um and that was kind of the beginning of my look at the 2016 class, but the um, 
you know, when he would go, when Jones would go arm side with his fastball, it just had so much sink. Yeah. Like, you might get, be able to get a bat on that, but that's that's a pitch that's really difficult to do damage with. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me, so, you know, and also Spores. Spores had a heavy fastball, too. Yeah. Um, and that slider. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. I mean, he would go to his, I I saw him against FSU. Um, he came out of the bullpen and he threw all sliders. It was like seven sliders in a row. Yeah, just, just he was not afraid of, of doubling or tripling up on that. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, we could probably talk about baseball all day. I mean, we kind of do. That's... We should just train, change this over to a, a periscope and just... Yeah, <laughs> just just every day, just periscope. Just, just periscope life, all life our conversations yeah. at BA. BA. Yeah. yeah. We've got to get some John Rance on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> We can we can delve into some politics now if you if you'd like. But maybe you want to delve in? Oh, Delvin Perez. That's Let's a... Delvin Perez. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think we've we've reached a stopping point here. If, uh, if there's anyone out there still listening, uh, yeah, I mean, follow us on Twitter. Mike's at Emlinana. I'm at Hudson Belinsky. He is. Um, check out baseballamerica.com/store to subscribe now. We have minor league seasons coming up. Uh, college season starts on Friday. We have a lot of really great content coming, uh, and our team's in pretty good shape right now. Not physically. We're all in bad shape, but and, you know we're, we're all sharp right now. We're ready to go. We're fired up. So I think now, if you're going to subscribe to BA, is the perfect time. Yeah. No. Subscribe now before the first pitch is thrown. Do it. Do it. All right. That, so uh, for Mike Lanana, I'm Hudson Belinsky. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Group. Um, I've seen a lot of these guys a lot. Um, we had four uh, first team, or four, sorry, four unanimous first team guys: uh, Jason Groom.